You're listening to Khan Podcasts. The High Court of Justice is scheduled tomorrow to hear a petition against the government's suspension of health services for Ukrainian refugees in the country and demanding their immediate reinstatement. Though the government announced earlier that it would extend the health care for the refugees through the end of the year. This did not happen, with the delay attributed to a lack of funds, as different government ministries have sparred over who should shoulder the cost. The cost of health insurance and social assistance for the 14,000 refugees in Israel through the end of the year is about 40 million shekels. The petitioners, Physicians for Human Rights Israel organization, says that the cost to the medical system for emergency treatment of people with no coverage is much higher. We heard more from Yanai Kranzler, director of the Open Clinic for Refugees and Migrants at Physicians for Human Rights Israel. So on August 9th, uh, 14,000 Ukrainian refugees in Israel. In other words, 14,000 Ukrainian refugees who do not qualify under the Israeli law of return found out that the health care that had been facilitated for them by the government was dropped, was cut off. In other words, thousands upon thousands of individuals lost, lost their health care, including 4,000 elderly Ukrainian refugees, uh, several thousand children. Uh, they lost their access to health care. Um, oncological patients lost there, they were cut off from uh, treatment for cancer. Uh, individuals with chronic disease, with diabetes, lost access to medication. Uh, surgeries were canceled. And this was over, over two weeks ago. Now, while the government has, has committed to returning their health services uh, soon or immediately, they committed such uh, to us in Israel. They committed, that's what they committed to the Ukrainian government. Thus far, they haven't done so. So again, thousands of refugees who ran away from the war, uh, who fled the war, are, are currently without health care. And the uncertainty is, is terrifying. It places their lives at, at risk. And, and this is what we're struggling uh, against, demanding that the government return their health care immediately. That the government return their health care immediately. They're refugees and they deserve access to health care now. So even those who were already in hospital or undergoing some kind of treatment, this is stopped, or basically they're receiving the treatment, but how the bill is going to be paid remains a question mark. So it's it's actually both, right? Because uh, there now Israel Israel does require uh, hospitals to provide emergency treatment to anyone who shows up at the hospital, regardless of the ability to pay, right? So that means that if I have a need for emergency emergency surgery. Uh, or I have a different um, urgent crisis that places my life at risk, so then the hospital is required to provide treatment for for me. And like you said, I will get billed afterwards, but they can't refuse treatment because I don't have the ability to pay. But for those who have treatments that the health system doesn't define uh, as emergency treatment, so that could be chemotherapy, right? That could be an elective surgery. Uh, That could be access to medication uh, for, for somebody with diabetes, right? Uh, these things do, again, place lives at risk. They have an immediate and sometimes irreversible uh, effect on health. But those are treatments that won't be provided by the health system unless I can prove, prove, prove beforehand that I will have the ability, that I will have the ability to pay. So that's why many surgeries, I mean, we, we know of over 100 cases where either surgeries were canceled, people were sent home from hospitals immediately after a surgery that had taken place because the hospital wouldn't uh, allow them to stay for the recovery period, even though that's essentially what the doctors uh, 
you know, that was doctor's orders, right? People have lost access to medication or they're not able to renew prescriptions, right? So A, if in the case of emergency treatments, uh, they, you know, won't know how they'll be able to foot the bill. They'll be charged after the care that they received. But for those who have procedures that are kind of outside the boundaries of what's uh, considered to be emergency treatment, so they can't even access those treatments or medications in the first place. Now, one aspect uh, that the organization has looked at is the cost of um, or the cost to hospitals of providing this kind of care for people who don't have coverage versus what it costs the government. Can you explain a little those comparisons? Yeah, for sure. So I guess kind of adding some some context and background. Now, in, in, in Israel, in addition to uh, in addition to 14,000 Ukrainian uh, refugees from from the war who came, you know, really um, over the last over the last year and a half. So there are an additional. Uh, now it's probably between 20 to 25, closer to 20,000 refugees, predominantly from Eritrea, Sudan, uh, Ethiopia, and other and other countries. And they don't have they don't have uh, access to healthcare. While Ukrainians did for the last year and a half, kind of have this program called Sav Hasha'a uh, through the Ministry of uh, Welfare and Social Services. The refugees in Israel from Eritrea and Sudan and Ethiopia, they didn't have, they haven't had health care at all. They don't have health insurance. Their children can gain access to a specific program through Meuchedes. But the adults, uh, um, elderly, you know, adult individuals who don't have insurance through their employer, they haven't had any kind of framework for health. I, you know, if we, we've all got, you know, grandparents, parents, like I, you know, to imagine what it's what it's like to be an, an elderly individual and to not have the ability to see a doctor um, when sick, when in need, and not have the ability to get medication—it's it's devastating. It's it's terrifying, right? So so, but we but we know because of data from from the government that when individuals without access to healthcare, they wait to see the doctor. In other words. It's like until they have until they have an emergency, right? Like so, I can be diabetic, and because I can't have access to, you know, I can like need a surgery, and I can't access the the treatment. So because I'm you know essentially waiting and waiting and waiting, I'm a cancer patient. I can't get treatment for. Um, so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting until it gets so bad. So then I go, I can go to the emergency room, and then they'll solve that problem specifically. But they won't provide me the recovery that I need. It could be physical therapy. It could be specific medication it could be follow up with multiple specialists because I can't access any of that so my pro, you know like my challenges my health challenges can conti- continue they continue to exacerbate and so that's where these kind of costs to the med- medical system accumulate because what we're what we're paying for right is these trips to the emergency room we all know how full and overflowing emergency rooms are in Israel these trips to the emergency room they cost a lot more than good preventative health care. Israel has a good, strong health system. We know how to provide good care here, but because of the refusal to enable refugees to receive medical care here in Israel, so health crises among uh, refugees, among, again, you know, several tens of thousands of refugees exacerbate to the point of requiring emergency care within hospitals, and those costs, I mean, they amount to, to enormous can you Figures, give us a sense of those costs? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, so according to data that we've received from the government between 2013 and 2021, there have been um, like 490 um, million shekels 
have been lost, you know, essentially on treatments provided in the hospital, emergency treatments in the hospital that, that, are, that, are, provided, that are provided to individuals who then can't pay for it, right? So these are the lost, co- the, the lost costs, the sunk costs to the health system, right? I go, I have an emergency, I get treated in the hospital, I can't pay for it, and so the hospital basically swallows the cost. The hospital is paid for by the public, you know, health, uh, health funds in Israel. And so those funds are essentially lost to the system, right? Again, it's 500 million shekels. It's about, you know, it's um, at, at some points, you know, over 100 million shekels um, per year. Uh, and those costs are lost into the health system. Now, an important point to note is that these are populations that are aging, right? Um, Ukrainian refugees, uh, we're talking about Ukrainian refugees and those who will continue to need to rely on emergency care uh, until the government solves this crisis specifically. So the individuals who came here to Israel, right? So like young men were held back uh, in Ukraine to join the military. So the people who came here, again, like 4,000 elderly uh, Ukrainian refugees, several thousand children, women uh, did come here to Israel. So this is an aging population uh, when, you know, people like age, again, like um, chronic disease, uh, cancers, um, chronic pain, right? Specific health needs that, that demand, that demand care and that can uh, kind of lead folks to needing emergency care at the hospital, right? So those, those needs are going, they're only going to increase as populations age again, and also among the Eritrean and Sudanese uh, refugees as well, they're aging populations. Um, and so their health needs are going to continue to grow. And again, preventative healthcare is it's the right thing to do, right? That's the most important point is this is the right thing to do, but also economically, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense just to allow people to get sicker and sicker and sicker until they need expensive and unnecessary treatments within the emergency room. And again, also taking like, also like emergency rooms aren't meant to be like the first line of health defense for anybody. So it doesn't make any economic sense, but again, first and foremost, it's immoral. It's against medical ethics. It's the wrong thing to do. And refugees deserve access to health care. It's required by international law and just basic common decency. Now, while the government has said that it will extend the health coverage, do you anticipate perhaps as a result of the high court petition that something will move on that? We're hoping so. So we petitioned the high court together with uh, several other uh, human rights and humanitarian organizations as well with uh, public health experts, and, and most importantly, um, for kind of brave uh, Ukrainian uh, individuals and and their 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 families who said this this can't do this. We can't do this to humans. We can't do this to refugees. So we petitioned the court uh, to demand that the government reinstate immediately uh, health services, especially for those who already had treatments that had been scheduled and they had those treatments uh, canceled so abruptly. Um, we certainly, um, you know, we hope that the government does the right thing. We hope that the government uh, instates health care for all refugees in Israel, but in the immediate, in the short term, it's the government's responsibility to provide health care for refugees. It's against medical ethics to cut people off from health care. And so our expectation is, is, yeah, that the government, you know, it's, it's I understand the government having like disputes around who pays for what and that that can take time. But that shouldn't get in the way of providing health care, again, to refugees who need health care today. They don't, have, they don't have the time like, to wait for government ministries to resolve disputes between them. They need health care now.